If you have ever wondered how to get an aid for your child at school, or what really are the qualifications for ESY, or what about those accommodations and modifications? How do you pick which ones are right? You're in the right place. Parent teachers, admins and therapists, the Special Education Inner Circle podcast is for you. And we're gonna get started today in a conversation with Amanda DeLuca, who I have the privilege of having inside of the Master IP Coach community. She's also a strong voice and advocate in the autism world. And I just want, Amanda, thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I always love having these conversations with you. Yeah, we're going to definitely touch on some hot topics that you're experiencing right now with your clients. But before we get started, tell me, how did you end up at an IEP table? So um, my son will be seven um, next month. He is on the autism spectrum. And when we started the IEP process, um, I didn't know much about it because I'm a dance teacher um, by profession. I'm not a special education teacher. And we knew he needed behavior support in the classroom to be successful. And that was not being offered. That was not being talked about. And I needed to find a way to educate myself so that I could make sure he was supported in the classroom. So um, like most people, I found Catherine on Facebook. And um, I told my husband, this is what I need to do. This is how I can better serve myself. I can better serve other parents who are feeling the same way that we are, which is unheard and unseen. And um, from there, it's just grown. Um, he's doing amazingly well. He's in kindergarten now. And we have a very collaborative team and a very open communication team because they know that I'm coming to the table to help them not to fight them on services. So I think it's interesting. You know, I brought three of the hottest topics that you told me behind the scenes, like this is what I'm talking about with my clients. And when you hear things like ESY, accommodations, modifications, aid support, those sound like very tense situations. It's where a lot of the combativeness happens in special education. You're like, yes, we have a collaborative team. Yet you talk about some of the toughest conversations. So when it comes to accommodations mm -hmm. and modifications, will you share a bit what has happened recently with somebody that you've been helping? Sure. So a lot of my clients come to me with what their best friend's son is getting or what other kids in the classroom are getting. I want all of this. Where's the master list? Well, there is no master list. And like you have said, and I have said, we can't be comparing IEPs because no two kids are alike. This isn't a one size fits all. This isn't a, if, um, you know, my sister's son has this, then my son has this because it really needs to be individualized to what is actually helping your child in the classroom instead of too much information that's really holding the teacher back. So we have this issue of accommodations and modifications. And for those of you not familiar, that's the section on the IEP that gives your child equal access to their education as their same age peers. And that's going to look different for every child. So it might be extended time. It might be a quiet place to take tests. It might be a visual schedule. It can be a lot of things. And you were telling me that your client showed up with some kind of menu of services. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, she Googled um, most common accommodations for an IEP. And it was this long list of very outdated ideas, to be completely honest, and very um, repetitive, where we can just simplify and really look at what is actually going to help instead of throwing everything that we think might help three years down the road. We need to look at right now, not later in the game. 
You know, I talk all the time about accountability when it comes to accommodations and modifications. Who's in charge of doing this? So if it is something like a visual schedule, I want to know who's in charge. So if we put that huge laundry list of just all the things that could happen, then nobody's accountable for anything. It's like we're just trying random things. So yes, paring those down. It's really important for everybody to remember the entire purpose of an IEP is to provide an appropriate education, but also to meet a child's unique needs and prepare them for further education, employment, independent living. That's where accommodations and modifications come in to support that bigger purpose. Now, mm -hmm. let's talk about something um, that is really confusing for a lot of families, especially with everything that's happened in our special education community in the past year, and that's ESY. That's extended school year, and many of you listening will think of that of, oh yeah, that's summer school. Just know that ESY is so much more than summer school. So we're gonna talk a little bit about what has um, a, a parent, a client been talking to you about when it comes to ESY? What are their concerns, Amanda? So their concerns are, my district said it's six weeks, June and July from 9 a.m. to noon, and they can only accommodate this and this and this. That's not the case. Um, I understand that schools get into habits and that's exactly what this is. But we need to look way beyond that because a lot of my clients are um, behind on their IEP service time, behind on their IEP goals because we lost time into transitioning of um, in-person to virtual back to hybrid. So we are really trying to pick up those pieces of how can we make up for lost time so that the skills are being met, not so much minute for minute services. And I love that. So you're you're not looking for if a child missed 600 minutes of speech, which sounds like a lot, but that's what's happening. 600 mm -hmm. minutes of speech are missing. We're not looking to magically make 600 minutes reappear in this child's life with a speech therapist. We are looking to prioritize what are the goals and how do we get there? Yes. And ESY, extended school year, means any type of service that's taking place outside of typical school days, typical school calendar. Sometimes ESY happens during the school year because it's an after school service that's happening mm -hmm. or it's happening during a break time that the school is having. There's a lot of different options in that. So ESY, it's really important that if you have heard something like Amanda's client where it's like, it's six weeks, this is all you get, take it or leave it, that that's simply not true. Do you have something that you're working on with current clients when it comes to ESY of some creative solutions that maybe have already happened or that you're working towards? Can you share some of those? So instead of waiting until June to look at extended school year, we are looking at what time can we make up after the school bell rings now from March until June while teachers are in and while um, our attention span is still in school mode to work on some of those remedial skills that have kind of dropped off so that we can make it to our end of the year goal, um, whether it be in math or reading or social skills or whatever, because even just a small portion every day can make up for a big chunk of time that we had missed while these kids are still in school mode. So let's talk about how that feels as a mom. So your mom, you got your your kiddo who you have definitely negotiated a very tailored program for him. He's got his supports. You've got this collaborative thing going. He obviously missed services just like everybody else. And you're feeling this overwhelming weight 
of all the things that are missed of that feeling of behind and not knowing what to do. Can you just share kind of that journey that happens as a mom when you start to uh, work on the solutions that you're talking about, customizing those accommodations and modifications, not waiting until June. I want the parents who are listening and even the teachers who are listening who are like, I wish I could do more, but I can't to understand what it feels like to put some of these uh, solutions in place. So in the beginning of our journey, I would have wanted minute for minute made up because that's what he was owed. And now, um, because I've been through your program, because I've helped other parents, because I see it from both sides of the table, I understand there aren't that many minutes in a day. And these teachers are doing the best that they can with the time that they have because they also have children. Um, and their children may need the same things that our children need. That now I can look at it as, what, are, what do we really need to focus on? Is it 600 minutes of speech or is it helping him learn the social skills, how to have a conversation with the other kids in his classroom? We can do that in shorter amounts of time so that he's not overwhelmed, so that the speech therapist isn't overwhelmed, and so that the end goal is still those skills without keeping count of every single minute. And when I flipped my mindset from this is what we're owed to this is how we can make the most progress, it made a huge difference and it freed up our time, it freed up their time, and it made the time that we did dedicate to school and services much more beneficial than trying to overwhelm him with double the amount of time that his attention couldn't hold. You said something so key there that I love. When I flipped my mindset from this is what we're owed to this is how we can make progress. Mm -hmm. That is a huge growth moment that mm -hmm. when that happens, when you are a strong advocate, notice we didn't say lower expectations. We didn't say let anybody off the hook. We didn't say not hold people accountable. We said just flip the focus so we can mm -hmm. move forward. That is so powerful. All right, we promised everybody we'd talk about a third topic. So third topic, this one comes up so much, especially in the autism community of, I need a one-on-one -on -one aid for my child. Like I need it a hundred percent. I'm not giving up. I'm, I'm not gonna give in. I'm not gonna compromise. I need a one-on-one -on -one aid. Where do you start with a family who comes to you with that concern? My first question is why? Why do you need a one-on-one -on -one aid? Because somebody else has one because you want them to have one person or is there a true need that we can talk to this team about? Um, because if your child is sitting nicely at a desk and they're staying on task and they just need help um, to redirect every once in a while, maybe a shared aid is an appropriate choice because they don't need someone hovering. My son is a safety risk. He does need one-on-one -on -one attention to keep him safe. He has no regard for safety. We're working on it, but we're not there yet. There's a true need for that. And our school recognizes that because we've been able to have that conversation with, here's the data, here are our um, reasonings, here's what other therapists have suggested. And we see that this is what he needs to be successful. But just saying, I want one, doesn't mean that we need to have one. <laughs> and we're kind of chuckling because, you know, it's, I, I want an aid for my child. I want an aid. You know, we got to flip that language. We got to talk about it differently. And here's the thing. I've been doing this for 25 years and I could say this 
over and over and over, but I'm always going to have a, a parent say to me, you don't get it. You're not a, a parent of a child with autism. You're totally right. I'm not. I want you to hear it straight from Amanda, who is speaking from experience in the autism community, who's connected to hundreds and thousands of moms who are negotiating what is right. Like in their own mind, you're negotiating in your own heart. What is right? What do you need to do? I promise you that it's not always, again, we'll go back to what your neighbor has. Well, my neighbor has a one-on-one, -on -one, so I need to have the one-on-one -on -one for my child. I'm all about mm -hmm. breaking it down. That's something we talk about in the Master IP Coach Mentorship of, yeah, is it for safety? Is it for health reasons? Sometimes we have really severe allergies or different immune issues going on. So is there something for health or seizures that are happening? So it might be for health that we need some one-on-one -on -one support of some type. Or is it just that we really need to break down the day and say in large group unstructured activities, we need to have specific support, but in small group, uh, you know, one to three or, or less of a ratio of that, it, it's okay with that the child is okay. So I want everybody to hear that, that you don't have to go in asking for everything and go into that fight for, I will need an aid a hundred percent of the time and get stuck in that battle when you got to break it down step by step of what's happening. And again, that's coming from a mama who has been there, done that, and still doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, Amanda, as we wrap up our conversation, I want everybody to know that I'll have all the links on how you can get a hold of Amanda in the show notes here, above or below the video, wherever you're watching. If you're on the podcast, the, you can absolutely reach out um, through the show notes. You can always send an email to us and um, you can connect directly with Amanda. If you are thinking, I want to be a master IEP coach, you're gonna head over to masteriepcoach.com and you'll see what training Amanda took, where she got started uh, and how she's really making an impact in the IEP world. And I want to really end this with um, hope and encouragement. So Amanda, will you speak to our teachers and our parents who are listening right now who are feeling the heaviness of everything that has gone wrong in the past year and share some perspective kind of from the inside of the community that you're with right now that you're connected with where your focus is at and what you're working towards so um we really looked at what our priorities were last february to where they are now um this march and what we thought was important then was a lot of fluff. What we think is important now and what we know is important now has completely changed the way that we're approaching his IEP process. It has changed the way that his team is approaching the IEP process. And it's really opened the line of communication to say, we understand you're doing the best that you can. We are doing the best that we can. And there's a lot of areas where it was um, stressful and it didn't need to be. So this past year has really opened up the school to home communication and the same thing with the home to school communication. Um, we were able to kind of implement some of those accommodations and modifications that we talked about in the beginning to say, some of these are not necessary anymore. Don't make that a part of your day. We can let go of that. We can look at that and move on because we were expecting too much. Um, on the flip side of that, our voices are very important right now because we were coming from a hybrid model, a completely in-home model and saying, here's what we have seen. Here's what we've been able to cut out. Here's where we can see that he's been super successful. Let's modify some things a little bit. And our voices were heard because the school and the teachers were really appreciating 
that we were still doing the work at home and that we were recognizing the work that they were doing that was maybe too much or off balance um, because where our focus was going into it. What I can say is he um, now is much uh, better about regulating himself at school because we were able to talk to OT and implement some things in home while we were in this um, gray area. Um, and he's also becoming more social because he missed that interaction with kids in his classroom at school. So we've shifted some of our focus to, we really need to work on these social skills because he really missed that time. So it was a learning experience for us um, as parents to kind of give our teachers some more grace, I think really, to be honest. And I love that. I love that you use the word fluff. I talk about that also of like, we got to get rid of the fluff. We've got limited time. We've had um, extremely limited time in the last year of having this certified teacher and child or therapist and child time together. So prioritizing that is okay. Not doing everything all the time is okay. I want to thank everybody for being here. Remember, reach out to Amanda if you'd like to discuss how she can help you move forward with your child's education. If you're ready to become a Master IEP Coach or you're even just thinking about it, hop over to MasterIEPCoach.com. We'll see you over there. Amanda, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. All right. We'll chat soon.